Welcome, Spartans, to Halo TV Plus, part of Evolved, your home for Halo. I'm your host, Oren, and on Halo TV Plus, my guests and I will recap Halo's original TV show, Halo the Series, and discuss its semi-canon lore within the Silver Timeline. This week, we are covering the history of the Halo TV series, and this is the first episode, so welcome, everybody. This evening, joining me is Tom. Hello, thank you for having me on the inaugural episode. I'm really excited to dive into this. Yes, welcome to the show. I'm. This is, it's, it's pretty crazy that we're like launching like a new show. Like we haven't really done that on Evolved in a while. I do want to say shout out to you because we had planned for this to happen in the fall and then they decided to drop the show on us in March and you were like, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to make this work. <laughs> and I don't know how, but we're sitting here recording. You know, it's it's definitely going to be a crazy launch at the end of March, and like I honestly fear for April. Like April <laughs> yeah. will be probably the busiest month of my year. So we 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 shall see how it will come to be. I'm just waiting for them to go. Oh, and also there's a DLC coming out alongside <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what? Bring it on. Uh, we we we're, we're very excited to how we're going to kind of produce this show and how it's going to be different from some of the other evolved shows that are coming out or that are that are still coming out rather and just how we're going to be releasing this these episodes week to week as the the show will will, will drop definitely exciting stuff if you are listening to the show and you haven't listened to the the teaser episode that we that we launched just before this it kind of just explains the the breakdown of how we're going to cover the Halo TV series. We'll have a few episodes like this one that kind of has some pre-TV show knowledge. Then we'll get into the actual episode recaps and the episode commentaries. And then at the end of the series, we will have like a retrospective, reflect on season one, see how it played out and what to expect from season two. But yeah, you can listen to that teaser for any more specifics on that. I do have some socials I want to get out of the way before we dive into this week's topic. If you're new to the show, welcome. Halo TV Plus is part of Evolved that hosts a variety of Halo-related shows such as Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Builds with Blocks, Halo Book Club, and Halo Headlines. Evolve also partners with Will and Josh over at HCS Pro Talk, where they discuss the latest information within the competitive Halo scene with an emphasis on community every single week. If you want to learn more about all of those shows, you can head over to our website, halopodcast.com. And if you're already a fan of the show, we ask you to please rate us and leave us a review. All the feedback improves the quality of our shows and helps outreach for, for new uh, listeners looking for Halo content. We'd like to take a brief moment to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. Thank, thank you, guys you guys so, so much. You're awesome. A lot of the Patreon support really helped create this new show, including show art, resources, web space, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're up to like six or seven shows now. And, and that is a huge, huge uh, effect of, of what our patrons have been able to support us for. So thank you guys so much um, to just further enriching the show. Make sure to go and listen to the bonus episode. There's a poem for you. <laughs> yes, we did. We did launch a, uh, or republish a Patreon exclusive episode recently. And I, and you know, we, we, I think we're going to try to do more of those throughout the year. We'll see. But, uh, but thank you guys so, so much. If, you, if you're not a patron, you can head over to patreon.com slash Halo Podcast Evolved to learn more. 
as well as checking out our own soundtrack that features 18 unique songs that we use for the show. And finally, we encourage all of our listeners to support Audible, where they can enjoy the growing collection of Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guidance, wellness programs, and more. You can use the URL audibletrial.com slash podcastevolve to learn more and start your free trial today. 2022, we'll have two more Halo novels coming out that have already been announced, so you can definitely listen to them when they release through your Audible subscription. All right, so before we get started to the actual timeline, I wanted to just at the top talk about some names of individuals that are pretty recurring throughout uh, the whole timeline of this, and I wanted to just say it up top so then people can uh, understand and try to keep track of who we're talking about and, and who they're affiliated with and and how they impact the show's development and production and all that kind of stuff. So so first we have Phil Spencer, Daddy Phil. He's a head of <laughs> Xbox. In 2013, he was, he was not head of Xbox, uh, but he was still very much a figurehead within the Xbox community uh, within Microsoft and then eventually became, you know, head of Xbox gaming. He glued up. <laughs> yes, he definitely glowed up. We have Nancy Tellum, who is the head of Xbox Entertainment Studios back in 2013. She formerly worked for CBS, uh, and that's kind of where she kind of came in to head Xbox's entertainment uh, studios. Bonnie Ross, she's the head of 343 Industries. Kiki Wolfkill, she's the head of Transmedia at 343 Industries. Steven Spielberg, he's a oh, filmmaker. Yeah. Made a certain little film called Jurassic Park. Might have Jurassic heard of Park. It. <laughs> yes. I you know what? I that that's sh- that name, that movie keeps popping up on my feed for some reason. <laughs> no idea why. <laughs> so shout out to uh, Spielberg. He's made hundreds of movies and many awards. And uh, so he's related to the TV show. David Nevins, he works for Showtime and CBS. Towards the beginning of the timeline, he's more so in charge of just Showtime and kind of their content. But later and in, in more recent years to the present, he's now in charge of both the programming of Showtime as well as just like CBS Originals and the kind of their whole like slate of programming. Uh, so he he's definitely taken on more responsibility since since the beginning. We have Gary Levin, who's the president of programming. At Showtime. Kyle Killen, who's the Halo TV show showrunner. And then later on, we have Stephen Kane, who is the co-showrunner of the first season for the Halo TV show. Kyle and Stephen, they come on a little later in the timeline. Uh, but just to kind of give you guys a familiarness, we have two Stevens here. But the, the main thing is, is kind of remember David and Gary. David and Gary are our two Showtime, two CBS representatives and producers. Uh, that we actually get a lot of updates from throughout the years from them, even if they are very small. But yeah, with that, I guess we'll we'll kind of just get started. I decided to start our timeline in 2012 before the show is actually announced because I just wanted to put some perspective that 2012 is when Halo 4 came out. And before Halo 4 came out, we had a live action web series that featured the Ford Unto Dawn and Cadet Lasky before he was you know, then before he became the Captain Lasky that we know of the UNSC Infinity. This was produced uh, through 343 and released as an episodic web series 
uh, for the lead up to Halo 4's release. That was pretty much all of October 5th, the 12th, 19th, 26th, and then November 2nd was the fifth and final episode. And then a few days later on November 6th, Halo 4 actually then released. Big moment. It was the return of the Master Chief after, you know, Bungie kind of stepped away from Halo 3. They did make Reach and ODST, but those weren't Chief games. So this was this was the first time since 2007 that we had a Master Chief story. So it was a very big moment for the Halo franchise and for 343, the new shepherds of the Halo franchise. Yeah, I think it, looking back at Forward Unto Dawn as well, even back then it gives you a really good sense of the scale of their ambitions for television with Halo. Because obviously I was saying to you before the show, I rewatched it recently. And one of the things that took me back the most, actually, was the amount of set dressing that went into making Corbiolo Academy look like a UNSC facility. I was picking up on really weird details, like I was looking at all of the UNSC decals on the backdrop of the sets and all of that kind of stuff. And it, it just gives you a good glimpse of how... I guess focused on the world building, people like Kiki and people like Frank O'Connor, who have always been involved in the television productions, are. And I think even here you can kind of get a sense of what they've always wanted to do and what they've wanted to build to. This just, and again, this is something we'll touch on later as well with Halo Nightfall, was perhaps not the right format to do it. And it feels like here they wanted to tell a film and then cut it into five pieces, if that makes sense. No, very much so. There's definitely a lot of parallels, and, and we can dive into our own recaps of Ford Unto Dawn and Nightfall to kind of see how those live-action web series is kind of what they're classified as, and how they've kind of taken the Halo franchise and, and tried to tell stories in that medium, and what works, what doesn't work, and the different uh, you know dressings, and, and the way to make the Halo franchise a reality in the live-action form. But it is it is good for reference, though, because it's like this just came out. And then a couple months later, we actually get the reveal of the Halo TV show. That happened on May 21st, 2013. It was at the Xbox One reveal event when they announced what the Xbox One is, how it was supposed to be this vision for the one entertainment device you needed in your entertainment space. (laughs) And one of that was this initiative for television. So Nancy Tellum came on stage, who was, like I said, head of Xbox Entertainment Studios. And she described the Halo TV show as being immersive, personal, and social. And another thing with the Xbox Entertainment Studios was trying to accomplish at this time was that they had the Kinect bundled in with with Xbox One. Yeah. And so there was a lot of discussions and production on like how to make these entertainment shows more immersive, more interactive, because that's what gaming you know, is already. It's a very interactive medium. And so they they really wanted to jump into this streaming first entertainment space that we kind of have in the modern time now with all the different sort of shows and networks having their own broadcast service. Xbox wanted to get in all, all that in the in the mid two thousands. It's interesting. They were almost ahead of the trend and maybe that's why, as we'll see, it didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to for several years. I think there's definitely some sort of comparison and and parallel you can draw from there that, yeah, they kind of saw the forecast on on where entertainment was going, and they just tried to do it in their own way, which I think also brought in some other difficulties that ultimately didn't work out. 
but yeah, this event, um, it was it was pretty wild. Like, Tellum described the show as being like Game of Thrones level uh, in terms of production, which was a huge statement in 2013, given how the level of popularity with Game of Thrones on HBO. Bonnie came up and she talked on the stage as well. She talked about Forward Unto Dawn, how it was a web series, but we're bringing in an actual TV show. Compares storytelling on Xbox One to like Breaking Bad, Band of Brothers, and then again, Game of Thrones. And then we have Steven Spielberg kind of have a video segment that comes on. I vaguely remember that now you say that. Yeah, he had like his own little pre-recorded message. And he kind of just talks about Halo and gaming as a whole. Very positive and immersive medium. But the, the one quote that I have here gets carried on throughout the show's life cycle for the next couple of years is that he says the Halo universe is an amazing opportunity to be at the intersection where technology and myth-making meet to produce something truly groundbreaking. Just summarized Jurassic Park as well, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this really goes into what Xbox Entertainment Studios was really trying to push with their whole interactivity. Yeah. I kind of foresee a lot of that not really present in what we're going to get. But I think that's definitely where they were going with their pitches and, yeah. and kind of how they wanted to to take the show initially. I I have a little bit of um, I don't want to say a pessimistic outlook on it, but I just think that there were a lot of swings and misses on the road to the Halo TV show, shall we say? And I think a lot of that is to do with initiatives that came and went during the Xbox's life cycle. And that's something that we'll see as we progress further through the timeline, is it really feels like maybe the project stopped and started so much because it was constantly trying to tie into that current Xbox thing. But obviously the Xbox landscape itself was changing so rapidly that I can imagine every time they planned to tie into something, that thing would either no longer be supported or it would have changed entirely. So that then obviously makes it really hard to produce something if the sort of benchmark that you're aiming for is constantly changing yeah and the stories you're trying to tell are not lining up with where other stories are being told elsewhere because you know there's constantly stories and games and books and all these other external media coming out and to try to pair everything up is definitely a challenge that you have with anything like the halo franchise you know movies and tv have such a long development cycle just like games yeah, that I think it's equally challenging to to kind of pair up these sort of releases, as we'll also kind of see a pattern of as we as we move on. I think, yeah, I mean, looking at the list, it even kind of says that because the next announcement we got wasn't until April the seventh, twenty fourteen. So you've gone from May the twenty first, twenty thirteen, to April seventh, twenty fourteen. So nearly eleven months later which is when Deadline announced that Xbox Entertainment Studios was partnering with Channel 4 for the drama series Humans. Have you seen Humans, Oren? Because it's not something I'm familiar with. No, I'm not. I don't... But I'm not even sure if it even came out. Okay. But maybe. But uh, I'm not familiar with it if if it was uh, released and produced. Okay. So during the article on that, they reported that the Halo project was still in the deal-making phase as the service had been going through the growing pains of establishing a business template for original content. So that again says a lot about how the industry was changing at the time. 
And there were also comments that other scripted projects are in development, including a Halo digital feature project executive produced by Ridley Scott and David Zucker. That late latter project, obviously, we know eventually becomes Halo Nightfall. So it's interesting as well, I suppose, that even as far as 2014, they were kind of trying to get two very distinct live-action projects off the ground at the same time, which shows, I guess, how much ambition they had to really get Halo onto, for lack of a non-punny answer, onto the silver screen, essentially. And even at this stage, they knew it would be a digital feature, where what's kind of what it became, where they just took a movie and cut it into five parts. Yeah. And it's very much the formula they try to do, again, based off of Forward Unto Dawn. But because of how they're talking about the Halo TV show, they really wanted that to be different. And with this whole new initiative, and, and like they said here, like establishing a business template for like, they're literally like creating their business model from the ground up. They want to get into this space that they forecast being very popular in the future because, you know, it is now. And all the steps that they were trying to hit just ultimately fell through. But this is why it's, you know, it's still in very much the development, the, almost the pre-development stage, because they're, they're still ironing out those very specific details that you have to then build off of. I almost wonder if Nightfall and Forward Unto Dawn acted as learning opportunities for them. So obviously they were released on a digital medium, which meant that there wasn't as much pressure to necessarily get a return on investment on them or anything like that, because you don't have obviously cinema tickets or streaming sales to worry about. So I almost wonder if that was their way of experimenting with that format and refining it for when they could eventually get to the TV show. I I would agree to Forward Unto Dawn. Yeah. But I feel like I, I feel like they would want if they wanted to have more of a learning opportunity for Nightfall. Yeah. Or like for the t- television series because of Nightfall, I feel like you would wait to announce the Halo TV show. I believe that they had some sort of story uh, that they wanted to tell with this new yeah. type of storytelling. And in conjunction to that, they wanted to also produce this Nightfall content because of how Forward Unto Dawn went. It would also tie into the Xbox Entertainment Studios brand that Microsoft is pushing. And I think later on, they talk about the Halo channel as well yeah. as being like a source for video-centric news content and and, yeah. and lore and, and things like that. I, I have some interesting thoughts to share on that when we get there as well. All right. Well, to, to kind of continue on, from there, about a month later on May 2nd in 2014, Variety reported that uh, Showtime is uh, in negotiations with Xbox Entertainment Studios for the Halo TV series. And the report says the, the deal with Showtime has taken a long time to work out because the sides are charting new territory for a show designed to air on Showtime as well as Xbox with enhanced interactivity built in for the latter platform. Details are still being hammered out, but sources say the plan is to have episodes bow on Showtime first, followed by the Xbox window. That has sort of made the point I was going to make later in this discussion a lot more pertinent. And that is, I think you're spot on. Because at this time, this is 2014. This is around a year before the Halo channel launches, right? It comes out in 2014 because that's when Halo Master Chief Collection comes out. Yeah, you're right. So. At this point in time, they are already experimenting with that channel platform, 
and the idea of it releasing on Xbox as well, I reckon that was obviously the second stories. And that's what they mean when they're saying interactive content. Because if you think about how Nightfall worked, you would have the core story that you could engage with. And then at like certain times in the show, if you paused it properly at just the point of interest, you'd be able to get a second story that would tell you more about the characters. So there was one on the colonial militia medics who were dealing with the situation in the first episode, for example. So it sounds like initially they were envisioning something a lot more actively involved for the user like that. So it's interesting to see how, I suppose, initially their longer term plan for that kind of content would have been a lot greater than what we ultimately got with the Halo channel. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I believe that's what their vision was yeah. at this time. And that's what they were they were going for kind of leading up, you know, to where we eventually get to. Yeah. Um May 16th, 2014 via Xbox News, they had an article called The Halo Journey and Bonnie Ross officially announces Halo 5 Guardians. She adds an update about the Halo TV show in this post, talks a lot about the legacy and the journey of Halo and the Master Chief, and says that the opportunity to invite old friends and new audiences into that universe through the Halo television series launched as a unique collaboration with Steven Spielberg and some of the finest creative minds in the business, a series that will stand alone as well as complement and enrich the gaming experience. We'll have more to share on the Halo TV series as we near its projected fall 2015 release. That's crazy to me that it's being predicted to release as soon as then. And I also think that from here onwards, and this is something that I think there's more, again, more evidence for as we work through the timeline, it really feels to me like this was initially planned as some kind of canonical story that was going to accompany Guardians and also have some other storytelling elements to it. And then obviously, over time, that has very drastically changed as they've gone through the production cycle, which is just, it's really fascinating to me, because I'm sure you'll be the same, but my brain now really wants to know what that initial pitch for this series was all the way back then. Yes, because I also fully believe that back at this time, the Halo TV show was still going to be canon. Yeah. Spoiler alert a little bit if you don't know. Ford Unto Dawn came out prior to Halo 4 to kind of introduce Halo 4. It seems yeah. that at this point, Nightfall is still gearing up to be something that comes out before Halo 5. And then if this comes out in fall 2015, that is around Halo 5's release date as well. I could very well see this have been a post-Halo 5 sort of story. Yeah. That you kind of see the aftermath of the Guardian event and Cortana's impact. And then you follow whomever you follow yeah. as you rebuild you know, after that devastating attack, because I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure what, I mean, I mean, I don't know, they could write, they could really write anything, but a different type of like pre Halo 5 story, I guess, you know, could work as well. But if they're really trying to get a more serialized medium out of this, then I think it, it wouldn't, they're, they're definitely trying to build this differently than just a simple web series that comes out before a game. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, who who knows, and I would love to know. <laughs> like, I think you make a really good point, because the next point on our timeline that we have actually touches on Halo 5 directly, 
So on June the 17th, 2014, at Eurogamer, we got 343's master plan for Halo 5 Guardians. And during this, Bonnie Ross confirmed that the Halo TV show produced by Steven Spielberg was separate from the digital episodic series from Ridley Scott. And it was revealed that Ridley Scott's Halo Nightfall would release later this year, this was 2014, while the Halo TV series would release around Halo 5 Guardians release in autumn of 2015. Both shows were planned to have ties to Halo 5, Nightfall talking about Agent Locke's origins, while the Halo TV series details were yet to be determined. And when talking about it, Bonnie Ross said, it does give you you a more interesting entertainment experience. At Comic-Con, we'll talk a lot more about what we're doing with TV and what we can do with it on Xbox One and how we're viewing it. It's a lot more seamless going from game to different experiences. One thing we'll talk more about at Comic-Con is what we can do with Linear on Xbox One that we couldn't do on the 360. It's super exciting for us to think about a digital series and television. So I think there, that really says that at this point, that Halo channel format is really at the forefront of their minds. And also, like you were saying beforehand, tying into the Halo 5 game as well, which is really interesting, because it it, it feels like they really wanted to sort of have an aligned launch for this, where the game and the show really fed into each other. Yes, I'm curious... I wasn't able to really find what exactly she was talking about at Comic-Con yeah. because the Halo channel wasn't announced at Comic-Con, it was announced at yeah. Gamescom. But yeah, this this post here really outlines kind of what their plan is, their master plan as the as Eurogamer puts it, to kind of make these these shows another step and integrate it into how we experience the games. And I think a way that they did this I guess technically successfully, even though I will admit it was kind of annoying, was how they handled the Halo 2 terminals Yes. Uh, in the Master Chief Collection for the Anniversary Edition, is that when you found a terminal, it would automatically just pull you into the Halo Channel app so you could watch it. Yeah. And like while you're able to watch the terminals there and they, they are stored there, and if you wanted to go back and look at them and get some of that extra story details... It was pretty abrupt to kind of just pull you out of the game and then do that side thing and then kind of come back. Yeah. So I think that integration could have been done better, but I feel like that's the type of integration and interactivity that 343 and Xbox Entertainment Studios were playing around with as they, you know, was trying to figure out how the Xbox One with the Kinect and this new era of entertainment can all coexist and interconnected. It's interesting because now I'm thinking back and I am jumping the gun a little bit here, but I, I'll just double check that we don't mention it further down. No, I don't think we do. So it, you just triggered in my mind as well the fact that they experimented with cosmetics being tied between the two. Because I'm sure the Nightfall armor in Halo 5 Guardians you unlocked for watching the show. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Which is is really interesting when you think about it, because I wonder if they saw it going that way in the future. And who knows, in a separate world, in a different time, maybe we would be unlocking the armor of uh, Silver Team in Halo Infinite by watching it on the Halo channel. Yeah, in a silver timeline, you might say. (laughs) Yeah. Of our time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was a cheap joke. It's all right, I'll allow it. Wasn't there a Halo Waypoint 
app on the 360? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Waypoint started as an app on the 360 before it eventually became what it is today as the website that 343 kind of uses because Bungie had their own website, Bungie.net. And yes, with that app, you had different, you know, you could unlock cosmetics, you can unlock even avatar items for digital avatar and kind of those cross promotion stuff that we still have today with games like Forza having the Warthog in it and, and the Arbiter being in Killer Instinct and things like that. So we've we've definitely been seeing those for ten years now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's yeah. It's it's interesting when you think actually that was something that was longer term and maybe this was the next step for it. And then for whatever reason we're kind of at the point today where that technology just hasn't persisted. And for whatever reason there really is sort of that divide between content mediums again. Probably because of the advent of streaming and people like having that sort of instant access to it right and in some ways if you're connecting the two you're sort of putting an extra step in where people don't want one i guess they want to just know where to find the exact specific piece of content they want yeah there's definitely a fine line that i believe microsoft and xbox entertainment studios was trying to balance when talking with all of these other producers and shows and content to like where where's the line of too much interactivity and you know not enough by their standards but again sometimes you know the viewer you know doesn't maybe doesn't want all of those interactivity sort of elements they just want to sit down watch their show enjoy it and that kind of be the way that it's been yeah i think it'd be very interesting to see where xbox entertainment studios would be if it wasn't closed down which is the next article we have lined up yeah because if it was still around, then they obviously would have been putting money into R&D and, and experimenting with different shows and seeing how it would respond. And there could be a very different, for better or for worse, landscape of what Xbox as like a TV show platform in conjunction with in competing against like Disney Plus and Netflix and Hulu and, and all of them. So that would, that would be a very interesting timeline to see what happened there. That's like the golden timeline. The golden timeline. There you go. (laughs) So on July 17th, 2014, so this is only now a year and two months after the initial announcement of the Xbox One of all these TV bells and whistles and things like that, where Microsoft shutter Xbox Entertainment Studios. This is because of the new CEO, Satya Nadella, Within his first six months, he laid out his plans to cut as many as 18,000 jobs in Microsoft within the next year, and among the divisions affected, including Xbox Entertainment Studios. I believe the major hit, if I remember correctly, was I think Nokia. Like I think think like 10,000 or 12,000 jobs were like only their Nokia. That's crazy. Uh, but here's a statement. It, it was a very long and winded um, press release that he sent out. Talks about the future and goals you know, of Microsoft, where they want to position themselves. But this point here talks about Xbox specifically. So he said, I also want to share some additional thoughts on Xbox and its importance to Microsoft. As a large company, I think it's critical to define the core But it's important to make smart choices on other businesses in which we can have fundamental impact and success. The single biggest digital life category measured in both time and money spent in a mobile-first world is gaming. 
We are fortunate to have Xbox and our family to go after this opportunity with unique and bold innovation. Microsoft will continue to vigorously innovate and delight gamers with Xbox. Xbox is one of the most revered consumer brands with a growing online community and service and a raving fan base. We also benefit from many technologies flowing from our gaming efforts into our productivity efforts, core graphics and NUI in Windows, speech recognition in Skype, camera technology in Connect for Windows, Azure, cloud enhancements for GPU simulation, and many more. Bottom line, we will continue to innovate and grow our fan base with Xbox while also creating additive business value for Microsoft. And then very soon after that, Phil Spencer issued a memo to Xbox Entertainment Studios confirming the closure. I put the link in our show notes, but again, it's it's pretty lengthy. Yeah. In terms of what our show is for the TV show, he goes in and talks about the hard work that everyone's put in, and he says that Halo Nightfall and Halo, the television series, will remain in development after the closer. And Nancy's responsibility is kind of closing the deals that uh, are technically falling through and and carrying on with the two Halo properties, as well as a few other shows that were far enough along to continue. I think there was like a documentary series about international, you know, football, soccer that uh, that came out, I think, in like Mexico. And, yeah. uh, and then like one or two other sort of maybe humans was one of them from the from <laughs> channel four. It's a really interesting 180, isn't it? Because you've got a lot of strong talk earlier in the year about entertainment being the focus. And then this new person comes into post and within those initial six months is already changing that focus again. Yeah, it definitely was a shock. And I and I remember back in 2014 when I heard these news, I was just like, oh, well, we haven't, it's been a year, we haven't really learned anything else about the Halo TV series. Yeah. And I guess it's, you know, going to be dead now. <laughs> and for a while, like, we almost thought that it was because you know, we'll kind of speed through some of these other articles because it's a lot of, of the same updates that we don't really get anything new until like yeah. 2018. But uh, and why, why don't you take the next two and, and kind of we'll close out 2014. Yeah, so the rest of 2014, in August, we finally got the announcement of the Halo channel at Gamescom 2014, where it was revealed that you could watch Halo Nightfall, Halo 4 Forward Unto Dawn, Halo Legends, and the upcoming Halo TV series from Steven Spielberg. It also would include community content, information from the Halo Encyclopedia, and Twitch integration. And before Evolved was born, this was your home for Halo, Microsoft said. Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading the article and it was like, this is your home for Halo. And I just like had a moment where I just like stared at the wall. And I was like, <laughs> was this was this like in the back of my mind when we came up with that, like, and it was just forgotten because the Halo channel kind of <laughs> got forgotten. <laughs> I think it got stolen from us personally. I think we. Were I mean, first. We, I mean, Evolve technically came came into fruition uh, in June. I think it was, I think our birthday is June seventh, <laughs> twenty fourteen, somewhere so around there. We were there first. <laughs> so we we were we were definitely there first. We saw we, that we, leaked we... internal memo and stole it before they could use it. <laughs> um, and then in November and December of 2014, Halo Nightfall finally released. 
This released through the Halo channel and it was split into five episodes. It's only just beginning, Sourced from Hell, Lifeboat Rules, Gods of the Damned and Devil Take the Hindmost, with that release ending on December the 9th, 2014. Very weird release for Nightfall, I would say. I feel like Nightfall felt even less episodically structured than Forward Unto Dawn, which was weird, because I feel like that was one of the criticisms for Forward Unto Dawn. Yes, and this one definitely felt abrupt, segmented, and just overall lack of real initiative. Like yeah. there, there was, it was like artificial conflict. It was like, okay, I'm getting, I, I know why. I need to be invested and I get the stakes, but it's just like, it's not developing in a way that's really making me care. I just kind of care because I know I should care. Yeah. Because the premise is like pretty cool. Like they're going to go to a section of the Halo ring that's been floating in space after it got blown up at the end of Halo 1. It's like, oh yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, it just kind of didn't really land. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting when you look at it and maybe this is something we can touch on at the end of the show here because I think it's something people are worried about the new series as well. And the idea with Nightfall was really when it comes down to the core, it's very much a story about human conflict. And I think the sort of crux of Halo has always been humanity coming together to persevere against some other kind of adversary, as opposed to humanity coming together to fight each other, if that makes sense. Like, yes, there was the insurrection, but we're way past that at this point in the Halo timeline. Yes. I mean, this is, at the, at the time, Halo Nightfall was the, like the present, practically. Yeah. And uh, in like 2557, 58-ish, around there. The TV show trailer shows that the, the Legecolo worm survived, at least. So we've got that <laughs> yes. to look forward to. Nightfall is canon to the silver timeline confirmed. Yeah, and we'll talk about those worms <laughs> when, we, when we break down those trailers in another episode. Because there's, there's a lot to be said uh, about... <laughs> The Legacolo worms, as well as that character. I won't get too into it. Yeah. So, August 11th, 2015. So, a couple, well, half a year later, pretty much, at the Television Critics Association press tour, Eric Goldman of IGN asked Showtime president David Nevins if he could give an update on the Halo TV show and if it was even still something Showtime was involved in. Eric says that Nevins quickly answered, It's still in development. Eric followed up by asking Nevins if we could hear any more details soon, and he replied with a laugh and said, no time soon. Which, remember, Bonnie gave a release date of fall of 2015. Now it's August 2015, yeah. and it's still <laughs> in very active development, and it's not coming anytime soon. <laughs> or details are no anytime soon. I just have to wonder what, I, or actually, I don't really need to wonder, because what happened was that Bonnie and them had like a plan. And then Xbox Entertainment Studios shut down, and now they're like, okay, well, how are we going to distribute this? And, and like, what, where's, are we doing interactivity and that kind of stuff? Because I imagine, like, you have, you have Steven, Steven Spielberg, and like, his involvement is that his production company, Amblin Television, they're the ones that are like actually going to create the show. Showtime is just like the distributor where they'll take the, f the finished episodes and just premiere it on their platforms. And then 343 is just a producer that helps, you know, create the source and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The entertainment studios shut down. Like, I imagine 343 just had to completely start from scratch. 
they had to rethink how they wanted to produce the show, rethink the story they wanted to tell for the show, how to tie it into Halo 5. Halo 5, at this point, in, in kind of mid-2014, or I guess, yeah, mid-2014 and like early 2015, they're trying to launch the game uh, and like or get it ready for launch. And do their bug fixes and final pass-throughs and all. I remember, we had our, we had the beta for Halo Five. I think at the turn of the new year, like January, like the end of December yeah. of 2014, January 2015. So they're trying. They're on full game development mode as their like priority. They just did Halo Nightfall, which wasn't that great of a success, or at least it wasn't that great of a reception. So I think at this point in 2015, like they're completely just like going back to to square one. Yeah. And that's kind of what David Nevins is talking about to where they're still very active in development. They're definitely talking about what they want to do, but they're in no way, nowhere near a, a time that they can talk about it. Yeah, I, that makes sense. And it seems like it stays that way right through until 2018. So I'm going to kind of, if you're happy with me doing it this way, just skim through a couple of the updates we got. Yes. Cool. So essentially, from 2016 onwards, so July 2016, obviously at this point we have passed the initially quoted release date from Bonnie, and there's been nothing released. So Kiki was asked at RTX if it would still be releasing. She confirmed that it would be, stated that when you have lots of big players and something frankly as important as the Halo IP and bringing it to a Showtime audience, they want to do the right thing by it. So they were thinking a lot about their game development cycles and how quickly they sort of keep moving forward. And she said in that regard, it seems unusual for it to sort of take this long, but it's actually not abnormal there. We're still working on it. We're still very excited about it and we'll certainly share big updates as they come out. It was then confirmed that the show was still alive again in August of 2016 when Ryan McCaffrey spoke to Phil Spencer. And in July of 2017 when AR12 Gaming had a statement that said that it continued, but it was again reiterating that they wanted to do it the right way and put out the best series that they could. Then on January the 6th, 2018, there was an update from Showtime themselves again. So Oren, did you want to take this one quickly? Yeah, so at the, uh, at, again, at the Television Critics Association press tour, which we had earlier on a previous year, TV Guide went and asked Showtime and the Showtime bosses if we were getting a live action television series based on Halo. And Nevins, who's the the Showtime uh, bosses, again, still very active in development and confirmed that they have seen scripts, which means they they're they're writing them, they're they're trying to get them approved, get the get the story outlined so then they can basically green light pre-production cuz Pre-production is when you actually start working on the show, whereas development is still conceptual, script writing, producing, resource management, yeah. budgeting, all that kind of stuff is still in like development. So he's just kind of confirming that they're they're moving along, they're making progress. And then Levens, Gary, it's so weird that their names are like so similar. <laughs> but you have yeah so david evans is the showtime ceo and then gary who's the president of programming at showtime uh his update was that it's absolutely still in development still moving forward and i encourage or and i'm encouraged by what we've seen so far it's still live action and it will definitely satisfy the fans of halo and i think also satisfy the drama audiences of showtime 
and then he would not comment on the time frame. Because another thing that Showtime really touts is that the way they do their programming for their shows is all about character-driven stories, and that they have these very intense dramas with shows like Billions, and and I uh, can't remember any of their other shows, but um, and so they very much tout that that this is what you know this show is becoming of almost like kind of a band of brothers is kind of what I just assumed our you know a Halo TV show would be about just like a oh, sci-fi man. bands of brothers with ODSTs. Just imagine that for a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So they're just continuing saying that, and it, it's hard to say really what's going on at this point, but in March of, 20, of 2018, there's a, there's a production weekly issue that comes out every Thursday, and it, I, I'm not sure who puts this together, to be honest, but like it's, it's like a 30-page issue of all the different movie and television shows that are just in production around the United States, or at least based out yeah. of the United States. And on March 1st, Screen Rant got a hold of that issue, and in there, it saw that Halo Season 1 was starting pre-production with a targeted filming in fall of 2018 and a targeted summer and fall release of 2019. So, I'm going to hit you with something interesting here, and this is something that I'll give you some more evidence for in a bit. I think up until this point... Um, and it is directly referenced in a couple of articles time. But I think still even here, the story that they were planning is very different to the story we're now getting. Okay. So, I, I mean, if you want me to take it forward, I'll take it forward and then explain where I think the issues start to happen and where those changes happen. Have we already covered when the changes happened or is that covered later? I think you're looking at it beginning to change from December of 2018. I'll get us to there and then you can take it away. Cool. But after this production weekly issue, we did get an update from Xbox. Xbox News on June 28th says Showtime, Amblin TV show and 343s bring Halo to the television. Showtime CEO David Nevins announces the network has ordered a 10 episode season for Halo. Kyle Kellen will be executive producer, writer, and showrunner. Rupert Wyatt will be director and executive produce, and production is set for 2019. Nevins has a quote, and he says, Halo is our most ambitious series ever, and we expect audiences who have been anticipating it for years to be thoroughly rewarded. In the history of television, there simply has never been enough great science fiction. Kyle Killen's scripts are thrilling, expansive, and provocative. Rupert Wyatt is a wonderful world-building director, and their vision of Halo will enthrall fans of the game while also drawing the uninitiated to the world of complex characters it populates this unique universe. Yeah. And then Kiki Wolfkill, a head of Transmedia, also added and says, we are already in the pre-production phase and will plan to go into full production in 2019. So... Yes, that's what I was kind of alluding to is that I believe between between like January and June was when they were still ironing out those final development stages. Yeah. Getting sure that their 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 pipeline and their plan is officially kind of solidified so then they can go into pre-production and they can actually start producing the scripts that they have and start putting their resources to creating the show. Let's see. Then we have in August 11th of 2018, IGN said the Halo TV series will tell a new story but respect canon. 
Showtime's president of programming, Gary Levins, told IGN that the Master Chief will be a lead character, but he won't be the only protagonist in the series. Showtime is aiming to air the series in 2020. So again, we now get another delay. Yeah. (laughs) It will be set in multiple planets, multiple locations. Nevins responded to a comparison to Game of Thrones by saying it is very different genre. It's futuristic, science-based, space-based. It's not fantasy. And it took us a long time to get the script, but we feel like we had something that was really interesting and felt like it belonged on Showtime in terms of its character depth. It's going to be a big show. He then added, we made a conscious decision to hire a writer not known for sci-fi and not known for big battle movies because that's already baked into the Halo franchise, and we will still be servicing that, but we also wanted to ensure that we are getting beneath the formidable armor of the Spartans and really get inside the human drama so it felt like it belonged on Showtime. As David said, our hopes and dreams are that it will have enormous appeal to Halo fans and will also appeal to Showtime drama fans. Then we asked about the Chief's face, and Levins was like, it's a key question, an important part of our series, is all that he will say. And that's when we started theorizing that we'll probably see his face. Yeah. And then on telling an original story or drawing from existing source material, Levins said, it's a new story, but are being incredibly respectful of the canon and working with Microsoft and 343 to be sure that we don't violate any of that. And we still report a 10-episode season at this point. Okay, so, right, this this is my theory. I think at this point, they were still planning on it being a fully canon show. And I think maybe as they've entered production, they've realised how unfeasible that is. So then made some last-minute changes, which had a knock-on effect to the schedule. And that's why Rupert Wyatt then exits in December of the same year. Because it seems like up until this point, with all of the the way they're saying it, they're still very committed to it being canon, and they haven't considered the idea of doing a separate timeline at all at this point. So I reckon as it entered that production, they began to see sort of the restrictions that that would have on the storytelling, and maybe made the decision to take it in a different direction. Yeah, I I could very much agree with that because. It's uh, that, like you said, the next article on December 3rd is Rupert Wyatt exiting the Halo TV series. Yeah. And he kind of says it's more so because the, the schedule shifts. He's enjoyed his time with Halo, but he's he's just spent a lot of time away from home and, and wants to kind of go back home. And again, this is a project that was announced in 2013. Rupert yeah. came on to it when they officially announced the uh, the issue back in June. So from June to December whatever time he put in was just going to get prolonged. So I think I think you're onto something with that theory. I I I would say that's definitely feasible as they as they started production they realized that all these minute details weren't quite adding up and yeah. and maybe maybe it had something to also do with Halo Infinite and kind of how that story was changing. I'm almost okay so I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind here. Halo Infinite suddenly pivoted to being essentially a fresh restart of the franchise, right? What if they went, okay, if we're restarting the games, why don't we just restart the TV series from an entirely separate point? Kind of makes sense, because then you've got that cohesion of it being a brand new start for both television fans and video game fans. So you're almost resetting the Halo franchise, and no matter where you step into it, you can engage from an entry level. Very possible. I reckon that's what's happened there. I I like your thinking. 
<laughs> this is why I get saved for these introduction episodes, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, from there, we get a new director in February, yeah. Otto Bathurst, who did Black Mirror and Robin Hood. He's taken over the duties two months after Rupert left. And he will he's not the exclusive director, but he's kind of the 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 lead director, the producing director, if you want to yeah. call him. And Showtime also announces at this time that they'll only have nine episodes and not ten. So during those two months of sort of a little bit of a shakeup, they've knocked off an episode, presumably for whatever sort of story changes that they that they have. Or maybe they wanted to kind of save some money. And so if they're <laughs> if if three four three was going to be completely changing some of these scripts, then you know they they all right we'll take the time to do that. But you're losing an episode. I do feel that some of the scripts at least kind of survived because if they spent all this time on on doing these scripts to do a almost complete refresh and, and still be able to continue on the on the because like we get really productive from here on out. I I feel like that there's got to be some core elements in the script that 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 stays the same but i could still see that something's definitely changed between august and february i'm gonna say something else that may you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it i reckon that silver team was originally blue team and you're right that this was gonna take place after halo 5 or around that time frame and then eventually, with all the other tie-in material that they've done for that, it was just too constrictive. So they said, okay, let's pull the timeline back to the start and replace them with the Spartans you've never met before, so there's no problems. So I would 100% agree with that. I think Silver Team was supposed to be Blue Team to a yeah. T. And I can see that being a case to where they wanted to make it post-Halo 5, it wasn't quite adding up, so then they just took the overarching beats yeah. of the timeline and, uh, and then just threw it back to the Human Covenant War. That is probably more familiar to the average Halo fan, I'd say, and even people who've just heard of Halo, they know yeah. it's like the Covenant and the Space Marine. It's not the Banished and, and the Created. They know it's the alien guys with split jaws. <laughs> yes. It's very much that kind of movie as opposed to the Forerunners, the AI, the Banished, and all these other sort of yeah. more crazy factions. It's, it's, it's just alien guy and green guy <laughs> duking it out. So I, I think that's probably part of that under underlying development hiccup. So I, th I think from here on out, we get a lot of news. So if you're happy, I'll quickly run us through everything up until 2020 and just take us through all of the castings quickly because that's the main bit of news. Yeah, so that's basically take us through 19 and I'll take us through 20. Cool. Okay, so at the start of 19, we get uh, an article saying that Showtime has added a second showrunner to the Halo TV show. So Stephen Kane finally joined Carl Killian as the co-showrunner. And Killen wanted to focus on the project's stateside production, writing and scripts, so he brought on a partner to spend nearly a year in Budapest during physical production. Then in April uh, 2019, it's finally revealed that Pablo Schreiber is going to play John 117, the Master Chief. And alongside this, the Hollywood Reporter also announces 
that Yerin Ha will play Quan Ah, a newly created character who is described as a shrewd, audacious 16-year-old from the outer colonies who meets Master Chief at a fateful time for them both. And Quan Ah is known for her stage work in Australia. In August, we then get six more members added to the cast. You get Natasha McElhone, I butchered that name, but there we go, <laughs> who is um, both Dr. Catherine Halsey and Cortana at this point in time. Halsey, obviously, the creator of the Spartan Super Soldiers, and Cortana, the most advanced AI in human history, and potentially the key to the survival of the human race. And Natasha has been in other projects, including Californication, the first, Designated Survivor, The Truman Show, Roman, Solaris, and City of Ghosts. Bokeem Woodbine plays Soren 066, a privateer at the fringes of human civilization whose fate will bring him into conflict with his former military masters and his old friend, the Master Chief. And he has been in Fargo, Wu Tang, and American Saga, Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac, and The Notorious Big Underground and Saving Grace alongside Strapped, Jason's Lyrics, Ray, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Shaban Azmi will play Admiral Margaret Parangowski, the head of the Office of Naval Intelligence, and she has been in Madame Zuzastka, La Nuit Bengali, City of Joy, Son of Pink Panther, Bangletown Banquet, Capital, and Next to Kim. I wouldn't have picked this one if I knew I had so many hard pronunciations. Already. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, all, I mean, those are pretty. Madame Sustaza <laughs> was a great uh, off-the-cuff pronunciation. I'm just. I'm flying with it. You've got Bentley Kalu, who is then playing Spartan Vanak One Three Four, a cybernetically augmented super soldier conscripted at childhood who serves as the de facto deputy to the Master Chief. And they're in Chimerica, Doctor Who, Spooks, Avengers Age of Ultron, Edge of Tomorrow, Vengeance 2, Stairs, Judy, Dead Ringers, and Black Sight. Natasha Kolzak plays Spartan Riz 028, a focused, professional, and deadly, cybernetically enhanced killing machine. And Natasha was in The Witcher, Cursed, Men in Black International, and The Strangers. And then Kate Kennedy is playing Spartan Kai125 a courageous, curious, and deadly Spartan super soldier. She was in A Midsummer Night's Dream, Catastrophe, and Damascene. And then in November 11th, 2019, Variety also announced three more cast members. We've got Danny Sapani, who is playing Captain Jacob Keyes, and he is described as a dedicated military man, a war hero, and caring father. He finds that working alongside his daughter and his ex-wife is usually the cause of conflict rather than comfort. And he's been in Harlots, The Crown, Doctor Who, The Bastard Executioner, Black Panther, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and The Siege of Jadotville. Olive Grey is going to play Dr. Miranda Keys. You heard that right, Doctor, not Commander. Although she is still a brilliant UNSC Commander, who is dedicated to understanding the technology, language, and culture of the Covenant, but she'll have to learn to navigate the politics of the UNSC to get what she wants. And she has been in Sex Education, Fleabag, EastEnders, Dark Money, Pure, and the story of Tracy Beaker. Did not expect to see Tracy Beaker pop up on this. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, you have got Charlie Murphy, who is playing Marquis an orphaned human who was raised by the Alien Covenant and who shares their contempt for humanity. 
and Charlie has been in Peaky Blinders, Walk Invisible, The Bronte Sisters, Happy Valley, The Last Kingdom, Misfits, and Ripper Street. And then lastly, in uh, December the 22nd of 2019, GameSpot wrote that Halo TV show production had officially begun, with a picture of a cast chair with Halsey written on it. So, Aaron, a lot of casting very, very quickly in 2019. Yes, and just for our listeners, the the next episode that we do, which I'll I'll have a little bit more detail at the end of this episode, we'll dive into those casting announcements yeah. and and what what we can kind of take from who these characters are, how they're in the story, what's going on in the core canon, what might happen in the silver timeline. So, we'll definitely be talking about who these characters are, but I wanted to start getting the repetition of naming all these actors because we're going to be talking about them and their characters for the next you know three or four months yeah um so these are our kind of main casts there's a few other ones that we get to hear about but we'll see about their relevance in the uh in the story once we get to watching it yeah so in 2020 we had a very productive year because we had the global pandemic that i'm sure everyone listening to this show is aware about in the spring of 2020 Filming halts due to the pandemic, and according to Deadline, 55 to 60% of the season was filmed at the time of the shutdown. It wasn't until June 30th that Variety reported that Hungary exempts U.S. casts and crew from European Union ban. European Union ban, of course, is the travel ban to keep borders closed to halt the spread of the virus. But the Hungarian government's film commissioner told Variety, now that the state of emergency has ended, restrictive measures have been eased and the travel restrictions are continually being lifted. Special exemptions can be granted for non-EU residents to enter Hungary without mandatory quarantine. International projects are being prepared, making it possible to restart production at full capacity. Filming of the Showtime's live-action scripted series Halo will resume at Korda Studio in the near future. And Budapest, if you don't know, is actually a very large film hub in Eastern Europe because Budapest's area has a lot of different locales that can kind of cheat as other European cities. So, you know, if you want Paris and you want the Eiffel Tower in the background and you don't want CGI, then yeah, you got to go to Paris. But how it's been described to me, because I've, I've never been to Budapest. They're, they have a bunch of sound stages and, and movie stages out there, and their locations are pretty wide and ver- and and broad, so then you can see, you know, dress up different locations to act as other yeah. countries without needing to travel to those countries to film in. That's really cool. So I imagine with Halo and, you know, other sci-fi shows being very otherworldly, you go to locations like Budapest, so then you can create these alternate planets and locations that don't look like New York City or London. No offense. (laughs) None taken. (laughs) In November of 2020, IGN reported that the Halo TV series has recasted Cortana with the original voice actress. It's learned that Cortana has now been recast with Jen Taylor, of course, the, the voice behind Cortana for the last 20 years. Natasha McElhone was originally casted to play Cortana, as well as Dr. Catherine Halsey, but due to scheduling difficulties caused by the COVID-19-related delays, she cannot complete her work as Cortana, but will continue her role with Halsey. Now, I'm not sure how much of the mocap and stuff relates to Natasha, 
but Jen Taylor is very familiar with the mocap and, of course, the voice work. So I imagine whatever sort of preliminary work Natasha's done, if any at all, they simply just cut. They hired Jen Taylor. They did the mocap. They did the voice and all that for Cortana in the show. Yeah. Then, in February 24, 2021, via Twitter, we learned that Paramount Plus announces that Halo the television series will launch on its platform in 2022, still being produced by Showtime. And Tom, let me tell you that it wasn't until I was writing this script a couple (laughs) weeks ago did I learn that Showtime and Paramount Plus are both part of CBS. Oh, that's not what I thought you were about to say. I thought you were about to say that we knew back in February of 2021 that it was going to release in the first quarter of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, because of the pandemic and all the delays, we get our next delay. I wonder if we we should probably count how many delays that the show has officially taken. It will now release in 2022. Viacom, CBS, and David Nevins, they took a look at their slate. Paramount Plus is a new streaming platform for them that has a different brand of programming compared to Showtime. And through those conversations, it was determined that Halo the series would be better suited to premiere on Paramount Plus as opposed to Showtime. If I had to guess, I think it's it's slightly because it's it's this huge sci-fi show to where Yes, there's drama, and David Nevins and them in the past have said how much drama they're trying to add to the show with character drama and things like that, but I just don't really see that character action getting to the level that Showtime really wants it to be, Yeah, to be a, a Showtime show. Because if you think of like HBO, like there's definitely like a type of programming to be an HBO show. And I think Showtime is another one of those networks to where there's definitely like a type of show that you, quote unquote, need to be in order to be on Showtime. And I feel like Halo television series just kind of didn't really become that as they started editing and and doing the post-production work for it. Whereas it fits very well alongside of like Star Trek that's on Paramount+. Plus. So anyway, I think it's a fine change. And that's just kind of where where that went. It just means no sexy halsey because they keep their premium adults programming for Showtime. (laughs) (laughs) um then it's pretty quiet throughout the rest of 2021 until december when we get our first look trailer yeah now we're we're not going to dive too deeply into the contents of these trailers because that's for another episode tom um (laughs) but uh can you take us through december because quite a lot happens in december uh, of last year So yeah, December things start moving quickly. We get that first look trailer during the Game Awards. If I remember correctly, it was only about 30 seconds. So it was a taste of what the show had to offer. Yeah, and I think it was just of Master Chief's back as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, you're right. Then you get December the 9th, 2021, MoviesR.net says that sci-fi series Halo renewed for season two at Paramount. And it claims that the series was renewed for a season two without a source. This did end up being accurate, however they did get some other information wrong, as they said that it would have 10 episodes, would be on Netflix and Amazon in different territories, and would wrap production in January of 22. In the same day, uh, Production Weekly issue 1276 
featured Halo 2, suggesting that the second season had indeed gone into production. December the 15th, 2021, in the Free for Free Industries Halo Infinite Holiday 2021 community stream, Kiki Wolfkill explained that the events that take place in the Halo TV series would be set in their own canon. Um, So this is where we finally got the confirmation that these were separate to the games and the introduction of the Silver Timeline. And Free for Free made this decision to evolve the stories within the core canon and Silver Timeline into what they need to be in their respective mediums so they don't collide with each other. It wasn't a goal to take the game and tell the story of the game and have someone watch it instead of playing it, they wanted to make sure that the stories were appropriate for each platform. And I really recommend you go and watch that, it's between 46 minutes and 9 seconds, and 59 minutes and 4 seconds, Um, and Kiki does a really good job of explaining why it was necessary to go into this medium. And from there, we now come into January, so Oren, why don't you bring us through the rest of this year so far? So in January, we got another blog article from Halo Waypoint called Silver Debrief 001, A New Beginning. And th- this will be an ongoing blog series that 343 will push out. And it further confirms that the Halo series will take place in its own silver timeline. Quoted in there, it says, to, the, to tell the best Halo stories we can, we want to protect the integrity, simplicity, and future of the core canon but also not be limited by it when faced with the realities of a new medium and process of production. As a result, we made the decision to set the Halo television series in the authentic but independent timeline. And yes, anything could go wrong on set. I guess that's another reason they had to change things. Um, We will also dive into this article on a future episode of Halo TV Plus because there's a lot of juicy information in (laughs) that blog post. Then, three days later, January 30th, Paramount Plus released the first official trailer during the NFL's AFC Championship game, and we will definitely be breaking down this trailer in deeper details, but just to give you the timeline of it all, we got our first trailer, and we got the release date with this trailer to being March 24th, 2022, a lot earlier than I believe most of us were thinking that it would be. We were slightly caught off guard, you know, ever so slightly. (laughs) Ever so slightly. (laughs) And I very quickly made the realization that I have to do a lot more work. So, (laughs) but we're here now and we're doing it. We're doing it, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. February 15th, Viacom CBS officially renews the Paramount Plus TV show Halo for a second season. David Weiner will join the series as showrunner and executive producer for the second season. And they also confirm additional casting, Ryan McParland, Byrne Gorman, and Fiona O'Shaughnessy. David also goes into saying that the second season pickup reflects the confidence that we have in the power of this epic series to attract and engage viewers. Halo has been a great collaboration with Amblin and 3 for 3 Industries, and we are all grateful for the opportunity to continue it. Yeah! Halo Waypoint also released a blog post that says, Halo the series season two confirmed, and it's uh, on the point of distribution. Boo! Yes, so this is this is this one will hurt you a little bit, Tom. <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to end it here because this this goes into where it's going to be released at, in different territories. So for you listeners, take a listen. Depending upon where you are, 
on the Waypoint blog, they say that Halo will be available starting March 24th in all markets with Paramount Plus, including the US, Latin America, Canada, and the Nordics, and Australia. Additionally, as a part of a special partnership with Paramount Plus, Halo will debut on Sky in Italy and Germany and on Canal Plus in France as a Paramount Plus original. And then that ahead of the launch of Paramount Plus in these markets, which is slated for the second half of 2022. Halo will debut in England, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and the Caribbean when Paramount Plus launches by this summer and on Paramount Plus in South Korea during that same time frame. This series also will be available on Sky Showtime in select European regions once that service launches as well. All I can say is it makes me laugh that we're getting it at the same time as South Korea. <laughs> yeah. Perspective, Wait. huh? Wow, yeah. I'm <laughs> so perplexed, like why? But I have it's no idea. It's crazy to me because... So for a bit of context, Canal Plus um, in France, they produced oh, sci-fi's version of War of the Worlds, and they were able to get a partnership to release that on Star. So I'm like, these other platforms that are releasing through have ways to release things in the UK as well. Why have they not done that? But I'm sure it's way more complicated than I understand. I don't know why it's way more complicated, but I guess it has to be. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's what it is. I'm going to have to hop in my Hornet and fly to America. There you go. Yeah, come <laughs> come hang out in Podcast New York. Podcast the meet up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, so that's that's it. There, I mean, since recording this, there has been a few other sort of details that have come out, but it's mostly just marketing and promotion and kind of getting people in the know to keep an eye out for the show that a lot of, you know, movies and TV, you know, they're, they're promoting the show. They're, they're marketing it on TV and on talk shows and IGN and all that kind of stuff. So anything from February 15th beyond, you know, if, if it's important, we'll cover it in our future shows. But as a sort of big picture look, this is what nine years has been from you know, its first announcement in May of 2013 to then now February slash March of 2022. It's been a heck of a journey. I hope you enjoyed listening to us take you through it. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about or have any insight or any predictions or things that you want to discuss about, you could reach out to the show on Twitter at Halo Podcast or just at Podcast Evolved. Uh, we have email, we have our Discord, and uh, like I said, you can find all of our socials and information on halopodcast.com. But that that was our that was our first show, Tom, of Halo TV yeah. Plus. Thank you for having me on for it. It's been a Thank lot of fun. Thank you for joining me. I am very, very excited for this show, and I'm excited to see what people think of it when it releases. Even if I can't watch it uh, when it releases, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm sure there will be a way <laughs> that we can work it out because I need you on the show for at least one episode yeah. <laughs> for the commentary and analysis. Well, so. thanks to our lovely patrons, I will be flying to America to watch the <laughs> Halo TV show. 
I guess we'll have to bring you on on episode nine so you can come in one swoop and just binge them all yeah. in the airport. And then you don't you don't even need a hotel room, right? We're, we're sorted. I'll just crash on the you couch. Just, you, just need, you just need a 10-hour layover, sleep the whole way here. Yeah, I'll get just it sit on your and phone. stream them all on the floor. Homeland Security will come over and be like, what the hell are you doing? And I'll be like, he's taken his helmet off! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well i think we'll wrap it up there we're we're approaching an hour and a half but um thank you again tom for joining me and thank you the listeners for joining us for halo tv plus the inaugural episode next episode will be what to know from the core canon we're going to be diving into characters events timelines all the stuff that we know from the core canon and what we think will be relevant in the show and the silver timeline so then we can then adjust and compare once the show comes out how far things have changed with the silver timeline. Again, Halo the series premieres exclusively on Paramount Plus every Thursday night. I don't know what time yet, but it's starting uh, on March 24th. And then if you're in the other selected regions, it's you know, through different partnerships with Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> like I mentioned at the top of the show, you can find every episode to this show once we make more episodes and our other shows at halopodcast.com. It also features links to our Discord server, Patreon page, Twitter profiles, and things of that nature to get in contact with us. If you want to leave us a voicemail or an email about this episode or about Halo the series and your thoughts, you can email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 205 evolved which is 205-386-5833 and lastly special thanks and shout out to our patrons for their continued support to making shows like this possible and with that everybody i've been your host orn and until next time evolve